Dark Nexus. Tonight, it's Act 1, Chapter 19. So, we had two weeks in a row ending with something uh, disastrous happening to Dora. <laughs> Last time it was, uh, it was a blade in the neck. Katie, how you feeling? Nervous? Sad? Scared? Pissed? You know, I realized today that I, I feel, you know, I can't do anything. So th- this is probably the most relaxed I've ever come into oh, nice. recording an episode because I got no choice. I'm dead on the floor right now. So good luck, guys. Okay, we pick up in a moment, frozen in time. Let's review where everybody is, and I mean literally where they're standing, in case that ends up mattering. Grip is with Denman at the eastern barricade, around 30 feet from the closed chapel doors. They're both staring silently out into the darkness of the entrance hall. We left them in a fairly tense moment. Ten feet closer to the chapel, inside the ecclesiastical records room, we've got Gull standing unarmed with Nasa and Mura. Vaustin is hovering in the doorway with his crossbow, listening in as Gull reads the Ulver Zandalus record. Another ten feet closer to the chapel, we've got the chaplain's office slash playroom, where Ray is sitting on the floor, unarmed, embracing Tolman while the three kids Brenton, Maven, Bates, look through the new stack of books that the party brought them. 30 feet north of the chapel, we've got Danae, Jared, and Erwin at the north barricade, all with crossbows. And then, behind closed doors, we've got our scene inside the chapel. Way against the western wall, around 60 feet from the doors, there's someone lying on the floor, wrapped in Basilie's blankets tied up in the ropes Basilie is always tied up in at night. It certainly would appear to be Basilie at a casual glance, especially if one was, say, fixated on talking to and caring for a malnourished fox. Though, as I did make a point of mentioning last week, it's extremely unusual for Basilie to be tied up this way during the day. Not far away, sitting with his back against the wall, is a very distressed and anxious Loic. But Dora also didn't look too closely at him, because Winter deliberately ushered Dora and her precious, precious fox, the fixation of her new madness. Winter deliberately ushered Dora away from those two and to the north. The fox is still up there on the north side of the room where Dora left him after a conversation where Winter talked about bringing others, starting with Erwin, into this room alone, one by one, for private conversations. Because after a bit where Winter specifically probed Dora for information on exactly how far north the party was able to get in its explorations, Winter asked Dora to examine Basilie. And so Dora got on her knees, facing the western wall, over this body wrapped in Basilie's blankets, and I asked Katie to make a heel check and a perception check. Both were, coincidentally, 17. And then I jumped right to our cliffhanger, but as we pick up back here, I'm gonna rewind a few seconds in time and we're gonna drop into some slow-mo here. Basilie is lying on her side facing the wall. Dora is on her knees right behind her. Winter is standing behind Dora. 
Dora leans forward to examine Basily, her hands outstretched. Behind her, Winter slides her dagger silently from its sheath, and Dora fails to notice. Dora puts a hand on Basilie's shoulder, starts to gently roll her onto her back, away from the wall. The raven hair that had been so carefully draped over Basilie's face falls to the side. Meanwhile, Winter raises her blade. Dora sees who is lying covered and tied in Basilie's bedding. It's Winter. Her throat has been slit. The creature behind Dora, and I won't call it Winter any longer, even though it still wears her face. I won't even call it Basily anymore, since it never actually was Basily. We could call it Dr. Arcos, but I like what the kids used to call him up in the children's behavioral wing. Mr. Gabriel. Mr. Gabriel stabs downward with Winter's dagger with all of his strength, and we've learned in previous chapters that the strength of a doppelganger is significant. A glint of torchlight off the blade catches Dora's eye and then 15 points of damage. Dora's life's blood spills out of her, and the next step in Mr. Gabriel's plan has been accomplished. The attack was so sudden, so unexpected, and so lethal that all of this happens with barely a sound. And that's where we left off. Well, that's almost where we left off. The results of this critical hit sneak attack haven't quite yet been fully calculated. I kind of, uh, I didn't finish it off last time. There's still a little matter of some more dice to be rolled. Four more dice, in fact. Now, because this is a big moment, and we're all in this together, and I'm a jerk, and I don't want to be the one responsible for this part, I asked Katie to get out her big bowl of random dice. And I want each of you to close your eyes. I'm gonna hand you a die that is not your own. You're gonna all roll them to the center of the table. I'm gonna cover them up so nobody can see what they personally rolled. It's like a firing squad situation here. Everybody's responsible, nobody's responsible. Close your eyes, please. Well, I hate this. <laughs> Johnny. Oh, feels like awfulness. And there we go. Okay. And then I'm going to cover these up. Sounds like a coffin being closed. (laughs) Okay, you are safe to open up. So Mr. Gabriel stabbed Dora, and and as I said, that's almost where we left off. Where we actually left off was with me saying, there is a flash of white light. Now, sometimes in a fantasy role-playing game, the worst thing you can do is to pick up or wear a magic item without knowing what it is or does. Robert was joking about this last time with the Red Destiny short sword, wondering if maybe it was cursed. But sometimes, even in a horror campaign, sometimes putting a talisman around your neck without knowing what it does, well, sometimes it can make the difference between life and death. I've got two screenshots here. Polly, would you read, right out of the In Search of Sanity book, what Dora has around her neck? Okay. A braided leather cord, holding a lesser talisman of warrior's courage, and a lesser talisman of healing power. And why don't you read what the talisman of healing power does here on this sheet. The first time that the wearer is reduced to fewer than half 
his maximum hit points, he automatically heals 4d8 plus 7 hit Un- points. Uncover those dice, total them up, and add 7. What is it? What is it? Uh, 3, 6, 7, 15. <gasps> and add how much? 7. 15 it plus doesn't 7. doesn't matter. 15 20. is enough. White light flashes. Dora heals back up to full. Her wounds close. The talisman of healing power crumbles to dust. Oh and we're in combat. Katie, roll oh initiative for Dora. I guess you bastard. You're gonna you're gonna have to play now. I don't have anything left today. Except those hit points and a fox. Seventeen. Okay. We're gonna start with just the two of them because they're the only ones that are aware that combat is happening. I did pre-roll initiative for every single other person out here except for Mr. Gabriel. I did not pre-roll his initiative. You got a 17, Dora? I did. Oh my God, 17! <laughs> oh my God! Whoa. Whoa, that got creepy. That's four consecutive rolls in a row, right? Wow. Yeah, did you roll anything other than a 17? Not last time, though. Three consecutive 17s in a row. Okay. Round one starts with Dora on your knees behind a very startled and surprised doppelganger in the shape of Winter Klashka. What do you do? I have a question. Yeah. How many rounds do we think Tima was out? What's the total amount she can appear? It's like less than a minute, It right? is uh, six rounds. Six rounds, 36 seconds. I mean, I crossed them off. Oh, it's five rounds, so. Oh, and you know what? No. Dora's uh, body's exhausted. Yeah. Tima was emotionally drained by the end of all that. I think yeah. she's, I, I think, think she's, she's, she's undercover here. at the moment. So it's Dora's voice. Excellent. That screams at the top of her bloody lungs. <laughs> Doppelganger in the chapel! Then she looks around for some rubble or something that weighs less than five fucking pounds and telekinetically throws it at him. So like the cooking pot from across the room by Winter's palate. All right, give me that check. Because that's all I got, our knacks. So you're you're five feet away. This would provoke. Do you want to attempt to cast... what did you have to take a move action to focus your thought component? Is that how that oh, works? Wait. Yeah, check that out. Do I have a thought component? Oh yeah, I don't want to do that. Can I take a five? I'm, I'm, where am I? I'm lying on the ground, right? Yeah, you're. I mean, you're kneeling, but you're. I can't crawl a five foot step. You could, but it would. Uh, not a. It would provoke. Yes, you could take a five foot crawl. But I don't want to do that. No, you don't. <laughs> Although you are no longer, at this point, flat-footed, in case it matters. Like, the likelihood, uh, I mean, I'm no. just, I'm just I, saying. I'm I mean, just... I have a 12 armor class. I think I just have to do full defense, then. Oh, okay. Mm. Total defense. Standard action. Plus four dodge bonus to your AC for one round. All right, just hunker down and hope for the best. As you turn around, just scream, and then you see Mr. Gabriel's face, or Winter's. You see Winter's face go, yeah. <laughs> breaks, snaps, cracks, and suddenly you're looking at this feminine body wrapped in this black leather and chain with this kind of pudgy, middle-aged, balding dude, <laughs> like a Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all the, the black raven hair just shoops, sucks up into, into the head, and there's this balding dude in Winter's body staring down at you. Oh, well, that was a surprise, wasn't it? And 
rakes out with the, ooh, can do dagger and claw. Dagger lashes out 17, yeah. hit, right? And the claw, it's gonna miss. All right, dagger. Eight points of damage. And we're at the top of round two. The rest of the party may now roll for initiative. Everybody has heard the cry and is now on alert. Ray. Six. <laughs> Grip. Eight. Oh my goodness. Oh, Gulliver. 17. There we go. Someone. 17 again. Someone's fucking doing something. Who's got the decks between the two of you? I think, I'm pretty sure I do. 16. 14. Okay. All right. So everyone's out in the hall minding their business. They hear a scream of doppelganger in the chapel from behind the closed doors. The first person to respond is actually Denman with a 22 initiative. But he's a psycho. He whips around looks down at that closed door, gives you a nod grip like, you're gonna follow me if I go. <laughs> and then he takes off down the hall towards the door. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Okay, so he can reach the door in a single move, and then he's gonna push this northernmost of the two double doors open. So he's now standing right out of the way of this open door so people can get Not past him. Not in the room, but door is open. Door is open okay. and he's standing right outside the door so if anyone wants to rush past him or shoot past him, he didn't want to remain an obstacle in the way. So that's a move and a move equivalent action. Next up is Gulliver. In hearing Dora's voice scream yeah. this out, he would, without thinking, drop the paper and bolt out yep. the door Great. like to her immediately. So. Whatever gets him. Looking at this map here, a single move will allow you to shove past Vaustin in the doorway, who lets you go by, mm -hmm. and would get you right inside the open door into the room. That's a 30-foot move right there. You're now just inside the chapel. You can see Winter's body with a man's face leaning over a kneeling Dora. Daggers, you're probably catching the tail end of the dagger and claw slashing through the air. So uh, am I able to, as part of that move, since I'm also able to see at the very tag end of it what's going on, am I able to draw my alchemical torch? Do you have a BAB of one? I do. Yes, you can. Then I do. Excellent. Alchemical torch in hand. And then as my standard action, uh, I will fire it. And I'm going to spend my last action point. You are about 40 feet away for purposes of your range increments. I will spend both my last action point and mm, mm, my last two points of inspiration. Wow. Because this, this, this matters. Yeah. Oh, I rolled a four plus six plus another one. Oh, nothing. And you're too far to resolve against touch, right? Yeah. Okay, so the bullet grazes the edge of her chain shirt under her cloak and just slams into this creature in the back, but does not penetrate the armor. Next up is Dora. So you Gull's in the room and you know the door is open, folks are on their way. So is there an option for a withdrawal that does not provoke? The only reason no in this instance is it's got you in a corner. Any square that you move out of, the next square is also going to be threatened. And that withdrawal action only prevents you from being attacked as you leave that first square. Okay. Then I'll draw my silver dagger and try to stab him with it. On your knees. Dagger comes out. Let's see what happens. Dagger on dagger fight. Be careful grip when you enter this room. It's a masterwork. 
Oh, excellent. I'll give you an extra plus one to the attack roll. I missed. Okay. All right, so, Gull, you're seeing Dora just out of desperation reach for this dagger and slashing out and just catching air at that moment. Next up is Jared at the Northern Barricade. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. All right. He's young. He wants to help. He's basically like... 30 feet from this door, as he's looking at this situation, his two options are basically use his whole turn to get into the room, or as he's running up, he's running down the hallway, he gets right behind where Gull is at the end of a first move, and he can see into the chamber. I think he's going to take a shot with that crossbow, even though Gull is providing cover right in front of him. Uh, no. Too concerned about Gull, the, uh, the bolt goes flying off towards the statue of Phirasma across the way. Faustin is up. He's also got crossbow in hand. So he was starting from right around where Gull was inside the records room, but he was actually five feet closer to the chapel than Gull was. So he can slip in next to Gull inside the room and take a shot with his crossbow without any cover penalty. Oh, crap. You're catching a combo here of this probably punctured through Winter's armor, but didn't penetrate Mr. Gabriel's hard doppelganger flesh. Danae. Okay, we've got a mob scene at the door here. She's gonna do what Jared decided not to do and take a double move to get into the room. She's gonna end up on the north side of the chamber right next to the alcove that contains the little shrine to Desna, but she has to take a double move to get there. Grip, you're up. Uh, Grip is first going to just move into the chapel if he can get there. 5, 10, 15, 20. So he can just get there with 30 feet. And because these doors have been unlatched, you can probably just bang through those doors as you come in. So that southern door is now open as well. And Grip is standing shoulder to shoulder with Gull in the entrance to the chapel here. And then once I see... If I move another 30 feet, I'm still out of his reach, correct? as far as I can glean. 15, 20, 25. So you can close with 30 or be 10 feet away with 30. I'm, um... There, you're kind of out of the line of fire from folks. I'm gonna be there because I I wanna, I think I need to do something at the top of next turn that would provoke, so I'm I'm going to, I'm gonna go there. Gotcha. So Grip races in, but stays 10 feet away from the doppelganger, leaving a clear path of fire to those folks that are entering in behind him. Mr. Gabriel's up. Okay. Dagger slashes out at Dora. 17 again. Uh, Okay, five points of damage. She's down. All right, Dora is now unconscious. What negative are you at? Negative one. Negative one. Dora is unconscious and dying. It then takes a five-foot step and makes a claw attack at grip. Oh, it's five. It's a miss. Wait, they can they can make one attack and then take a five-foot step and take, take another a five-foot step any point in a full attack. I did not know that. Good to know. Ray, you're up. Well, Tallman and I will break our spooning <laughs> session on the floor. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
And I need to get into as far into the room as possible. So you were on the ground. You got to take a move action to stand up, mm-hmm. and then uh, move as far into the room as I can. What's your move speed? Uh, thir- Thirty, but I've got penalty. Uh, Twenty feet. All right, so Ray is able to get out that doorway and into the entrance to the chapel. He is now standing shoulder to shoulder with Gull. And he goes, no! Mura is up <laughs> next. Mura, both, it's both Mura and Nesa. So there were only six crossbows in this group, and they, you know, they normally carry them, but they handed them over to others to do this records-keeping activity. So I think the two of them are just going to come out into the hallway to keep an eye on what's going on, and drawing their uh, their little improvised clubs as they go, table legs and the like. They've got hunks of wood that they're using as clubs. Tolman is next. He is going to usher the children into the back corner of the playroom here and stand next to the desk, blocking the way. Erwin, she's got a crossbow. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Ooh, she, she's terrified. She's gonna stay behind Jared in the hall and try to make a desperate shot between all these bodies, but it's a lot of cover there. Yeah, no. And then Loic is just shaking his head, holding his holding his arms out. No, 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 no. Doesn't seem to be looking at what's happening right in front of him, but he's clearly distressed. He's picking up the emotion of what's happening in the room. Can probably just smell Dora's blood as it spills out onto the floor. All right, lots of folks in this combat, but that's the end of round two. We start round three with a whole ton of people in this room. Most importantly, all the members of this party. Dora is at negative hit points and dying, and we pick back up with Denman. Oh, he hasn't shot yet, has he? No, he just moved and opened the door. Great, so he can move into the room. Yeah, he's going to mirror what Vaustin did. Vaustin came in and got to the north of the doorway. Denman's going to come in, squeeze past Ray, and go to the south of the doorway. So we've got a nice line now of Den, Ray, Gull, and Vaustin. And Den can take a shot in the clear at the doppelganger. 19 on the die. That's got to be a hit. That's got to be a hit. Come on, that is a, a hit from Den. Right on. For, uh, why don't one of you roll damage? 1d8. This is a light, light crossbow. Roll it, Eight. Oh, Eight points of nice. damage. These are the Denman's dice. <laughs> <laughs> as the bolt slams into the doppelganger right into the right side, the bolt just like goes through the armor, through its flesh, lodges in his right hip. Next, Gulliver. How close am I now? Am I within? 5, 10, 15, 35 feet. 35 feet. I'm going to move up. No, I I have to reload as a move reload action. As a move action, right? In this moment, he can I can I draw my dagger as part of a charge? Yeah, absolutely. Then I, he would he would he would draw the dagger and charge. Nice. Do you want to end up here or here? There. Right there. All right. So we're getting into a position where we're going to try to we're looking to head up maybe down the road in the next round a flank here as Gulliver charges in. Plus two bonus on the attack roll, and you'll take a minus two penalty to your AC until the top of your next turn. Oh, natural two. Oh, man. All right. Obviously, Gull's thrown by what's happening, right? Gull Gull is incredibly emotional right now. Knowing that Dora was slash is his wife, 
and just trying to even figure out this whole relationship that he has with these two people yeah. and what was what's been taken away from him and the thought that some things may never get said some things may never get worked out may never oh, be resolved right. yeah he is just in a rage like you see in the moment when he uh, came to and saw himself in the mirror mm -hmm. and saw a face of like a killer saw someone like it was cold this is like that this is a face that you haven't seen on him before. Oh, nice. Where he is just, he wants this doppelganger dead. Grips right next to it, catches sight of this face. For the first time, he hasn't seen this face on him yet. Next up is Dora. What are we doing now? We're making a con check, right? Make a DC 10 con check to become stable. Character takes a penalty on this roll equal to their negative hit point total. Oh, I don't think we did that last time we did this. So minus one. Minus one. Oh. Roll oh. the fucking ten. Oh, no, no. So Dar uh, Dora bleeds out more, drops down to negative two, making that con check to stabilize. Next round, even harder. Jared is outside of the room, although he's got... Oh boy, boy oh boy oh boy. He missed pretty spectacularly the last time. I don't think he's gonna try to take another shot through all these bodies. Jared's gonna move into the room about uh, 15 feet or so and go shoulder to shoulder with Danae and reload his crossbow as a move action. Bauston, well fuck it, he's gonna reload and shoot through all these bodies. He's, he's gonna take that penalty because he is a trained fighter. He's outside of point blank range, so we won't get to use his point blank shot feet, but that's good on the die. Hit! Excellent! Another 1d8. You want to roll that, Katie? Six. Six oh. points of damage. Fantastic. As another bolt goes it's like... It's fun to get to do stuff. <laughs> when you're dying. Bolt lodges right into the doppelganger's right shoulder, so now it's got bolts sticking out of the hip, bolts sticking out of the shoulder. Danae is up. Danae is going to take a shot. She's got a line of, she's got a line there. Nope, she misses. A bolt goes flying. Grip, you are up. Brawler's flurry, full attack, or that's a standard, that's like a regular attack? Full attack, yeah. You're juggling the, do I want to do a learn yeah. a feat versus a, just attack, <laughs> a full, make a full round attack, yeah. yeah. I had also considered, uh, I've been, I'm considering chugging the potion of protection from evil, but I don't know if I can, I don't know if I want to spare the time for that. I, I hate to throw another wrinkle in, but I am holding a dagger. Oh, oh so right. is it doppelganger. Is, it is a piercing slash, piercing and right. slash. And I did go running right up to it. Yep, let's get that, uh, let's get that check against your phobia here. That's a will save? That is a will save. That is, let's see, plus zero. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's, um, Yes, but subtract 16 from that. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a natural one. You are shaken, but and just for the one round. Shaken is minus one to everything. Mm, Katie, you want to hand him the card? I think it's two. It's got to be two. It's got everything is two. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, two. <laughs> All right, I got to try to balance some of that out. So I am going to, for the first time in a while, his face goes slack and his eyes roll back into his head and... Yes. Cracks his neck and he's going to take the grudge fighter. Yeah. Feet. yeah. So uh, net minus one all day on this. I'm not gonna try that sword yet. This is not the fight to test, I, I'm afraid, <laughs> just in case 
Don't you want to see what Red Destiny's I, destiny is? Yeah, I fucking do, but I'm not, I, I'm, I... You're not thinking about it. Not right now. No, I'm, fists uh, are going. I, I, will, I will ask, though, you still can take a five-foot step in, right? Yeah. It's oh, a move so equivalent flank, action, yeah. Flank, oh, flanking. you could slide into a flanking position? Yes, I will you do, do that? So. Thank Great. you. Well done, go. All right, so this will add another plus two. You're a killer, but you're a killer. Ah, killer. So let's see, so that would have been uh, plus six minus one um, for a plus five, but then another plus two, so plus seven. <laughs> That's a natural 20 on yes! the die. <laughs> that is a hit and a critical threat. Roll again. Uh, so... Yeah, it's probably not going to confirm. That's a, a 14. Okay, uh, do you have any shame points <gasps> left? Yes, I do! I do! I do! I'm ashamed. That you forgot you had some left. Uh, another two, so 16. Not enough. Yeah, All right, okay. so just but a hit. It is but a hit. hit. A palpable hit. And that's max damage for six plus three is nine plus another one is ten. Ten points nice. of damage. Wow. As uh, all of these big blows have been described as going right in these people's faces, I think that's a blow in the face. And like this <laughs> Paul Giamatti's face gets kind of like mushed back into like... Like Loki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's not looking too, too sharp, but the blood is up, the blood lust is up. And he is up, spins around, dagger lashes out at you, grip. 14. No, miss. Claw. 19. That'll hit. Okay. Ray, you're up. Um, is there any way that I can get... Oh. How much damage? <laughs> Let's roll that, shall we? Why do you ask stuff like that? Because it's... Good storytelling. He's Thank you for asking. It was 10 points of damage. <laughs> you almost caught me forgetting. Wow. Thank you for your honesty. Ray, yeah. you're up. Uh, is it possible for me to get within close range of Dora? Oh, yeah. All you have to do is move up 10 feet right next to Jared there. Can you put me there? Please? I can. Awesome. So, uh, story-wise, this is how it works out. Brayden uh, untangles himself from his enjoyment of love and peace and serenity with Tallman mm-hmm. <laughs> runs out, runs into the room, sees his mother figure person uh, on the floor, goes no! Screams, runs forward, slides on his knees on the floor, <laughs> gesturing his hands towards her like yeah. a like a flash dance video. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this like burst of uh, white light uh, extends from his body towards her and stabilizes her. Nice! Yay. Excellent. Dora is Thank stable you. at negative two hit points, no longer in danger of bleeding out. Nasa and Mura hanging back with Erwin. Tolman's got the kids. Erwin. Erwin's gonna reload and hang with Nasa and Mura. So we've got the. There's a whole bunch of unarmed people back to the east there. The children, Nasa Mira. I think Erwin is, she's putting on her, uh, putting on her toughest face there and she's gonna defend the group of uh, unarmed civilians back there. Second line of defense. <laughs> okay. All right, we're at the top of round four. Den is up. He is going to race across the way to the north of the room, a little past Danae and Jared, and reload his crossbow. Next up is Gull. Gull is going to stab. Currently stab, stab, stab. flanking the doppelganger with grip. 
in a in a blind, furious rage, unthinking, un like just trying to stab this thing in the face. Still so emotionally affected, rolled a natural four, uh, and is just lashing out ineffectually. I think I think he's probably crying. There are like tears oh, yeah. running down his face. Yeah, and he's just going like stabbing, going no, no, you know, just. Does your does your class have sneak attack? David? No, no, not. It gets a really cool thing at uh, at fourth level. Okay, a little different than sneak attack, but it's still Pretty super cool. interesting. Very cool. All right, next would be Dora. She is currently stable. She doesn't need to check that she's going to live she's or not. Finally resting. Vauston <laughs> will reload and shoot. Because Vauston's a badass. He is a badass. Uh, no, that's a miss, and I think it's, I think it's due to all the bodies in between him and the doppelganger. Danae, she's going to sort of ape what Denman did, move forward so she's in a position uh, kind of up near where the, where the fox is in the northern part of the room there, but where she's got a clear shot on the doppelganger next round, and she reloads. Grip, you are up. Already? You know, I guess I just gotta I gotta do that flurry of blows now. Flurry of blows. So let's let's see. For that, it's minus two to each attack, or minus four to each attack. Minus two. Minus two. So that's so basically that'll just negate the flanking bonus. Oh, so yeah. I'm at plus six on this. Natural one on the first one. Oh, oh. This this one's running hot and cold today. I don't know. And then a ten six. Uh, 17, which I think we learned was a miss last time. Do you have any shame left? Do you have any shame in you? Oh, I do. I, have two. I actually shame? have two left. I had three in the last one. So what did I say? I was at 17, 17. plus four for a 21. Hit! Yay! Yes. Um, Finish him. Uh, for six points of damage. And the thing wearing Winter's clothes, previously wearing Winter's face, melts into a pile of fleshy sludge inside Winter's armor between you, and it has dropped. Gull would immediately run over to Dora. Same. Great. Uh, She's stable, but she obviously needs some healing. Do you have anything left in your ring? I do. Uh, Channel positive energy. Get grip in there, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, Yeah, everyone. The whole whole party can get into this. Uh, Anyone who who wants to. Even wants to gets two hit points. Hey. Hey. So let's leave Dora staggered. She's at zero. <laughs> yeah. uh, cure light wounds. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> two points. Yes. Okay. Well, that's three. That's enough. It's three. It's, it's three. You get to add your level. Your oh, level. right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that's three points. So she wakes up. Yes. And she sees everybody around her, um, and she's reaching for them very weak and quite a mess. Yes. They've lost winter. They need reassurance. They need protection. Take care of them, Ray. And she kind of... So at this, <laughs> at this moment, it actually is just the group of you down in this corner with, with Winter's corpse, the doppelganger corpse, and Loic nearby, and the rest of the the rest of the group that's in the room is sort of ringing the chamber further away. So you can have this little private moment there for what sure. Was, what was Loic doing during all of this? Uh, staring off into space between what was happening and moaning and 
expressing concern and fear, but he doesn't seem to be, you know, he's not fully, he spends most he's of his time. probably watched Winter get killed. He so. probably watched mm. Winter get killed. Dora, you may or may not notice this, but but Gull actually has you sort of up underneath him, like. She notices. Okay. He's not flinching. She's he's just extraordinarily oh. appreciative of all of you at this moment. And at, into that little scene there, the fox comes like dragging itself. She reaches out down the way and crawls into your arms, Dora. Um, I'm going to stand and face the the crowd when and sort of take the temperature of their faces. What are they? What do they seem to be feeling and thinking right now? So Danae and Denman and Jared are the closest. Mm-hmm. They've got their crossbows out. None of them clearly combatants, but they've obviously practiced with the crossbows enough to sort of use them. They're in shock, absolute shock. And they were clearly terrified for their lives, but they still ran into this room. Across the way, you see Vaustin lock eyes with you. Now, this is a man who's clearly seen combat before. This is a man who's clearly seen bloodshed before. This was the man who was sort of Winter's second in charge, it sounded like. But you see Vaustin lock eyes with you and give you a, are you taking this moment or am I taking this moment kind of look. And then in the back, like at the, out in the hallway, you can see Erwin, Mura, and Nesa just cautiously poking their heads in the room as they're detecting that uh, it seems things seem to have quieted down. Yeah, Vaustin. Faustin approaches. Are you clear on what happened here? Do you understand what, what we were just fighting? Is that Winter's body in the corner there? Yes. So this was Basley then? Yes. How do we know which one of us is one of these things? She's never left our sight the whole time we've been in here. She was one of these things the whole time. He's clearly all unwound up, but trying to keep his voice down so as to not spread any panic. She behaved strangely the entire time, yes? Yeah. Faustin just looks the he- his head around the corner at Loic, who's staring off into space, mm-hmm. and doesn't say much more than that. Yeah. You know, as to, to remind you, you are in an insane asylum. Yeah. Right. Qu- quick question about that. I know that yeah. we had made checks on doppelgangers when we... Like when we first encountered encountered them at level one, did we ever make knowledge checks at level two to see if there was anything else that we knew about them? I don't remember if we did or not, but this feels like a did fine moment to do that. Actually, make knowledge checks on doppelgangers because, as I recall, it's knowledge nature, <laughs> which nobody had at first nobody level. Had. Nobody had it, and we and have a few people that have it now. Let's make a check. Oh, I've got knowledge nature now. Let's make a check. So they're saying it was Basily was one of them. Yeah, the, the whole, whole time. time. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Uh, that's going to be 19. A 16. Oh, natural 20. Boom. <laughs> 24. So, uh, some things that do bubble up in both your memory about doppelgangers and uh, what they have, how they function, what they can do. A lot of what goes on with them, you have figured out through many, many deadly combats with them, including their high natural armor bonus, their incredibly deadly claw attacks, their ability, obviously, to change shape and to perfectly mimic other humanoids. And they also have the ability 
Uh, they're automatically proficient in all weapons, armor, and shields, and they can use any spell trigger or spell completion item as if the spells were on its spell list. So had Winter been carrying around like a wand or a scroll or something like that, she, the doppelganger could have actually used it. You do recall that doppelgangers are able to detect thoughts at will. You can probably start to put together a little story for yourself about how perhaps whatever went down today, this creature realized it had it had a window of opportunity, probably using its detect thoughts ability and its incredible bluff disguise and sense motive skills. What would be of interest here would be to come up with a way to make a doppelganger test, right? Yeah. Which is not in the book. So I think like for ourselves, we, so we know in the rules, in the fiction that I've set up so far, we know that when they die in this world, they transform back to this weird, white, fleshy, goo, alien shape. Uh, so maybe it'd be something about like, you have to remove a piece of flesh from yeah, you and let I it was die. Say, have we noticed that every time we hit them, that's when they start to change? I feel like that happened with Dr. Skane, and it happened with Dr. Latchkey, and it just happened now with this one. I think you might. So we could do the thing. We could actually do the thing from the thing where we all cut ourselves <laughs> right, right, right. and heat up our blood and see if we all freak See out. what sizzles. And yeah. <laughs> As you've started to piece together what these things are doing and how they're responding, I think Dora might get the idea in her head that these particular doppelgangers who were all these high-level, high-paid, highly intelligent, highly trained uh, surgeons in some case, psychiatrists in other case, that their ego was so strong, they could not stomach a situation where they got the best of somebody and that person didn't see who they truly were. That mm. it was all, like what was happening with them was all about a, a psychological desire to terrify you with the awesomeness of their own presence, that this was almost a sick need on their part, not not necessarily a biological function of what was happening. Right. Like, but, like an actual serial killer. Yeah, yeah. Like, you will look me in the eyes and see what I did to you. Do we... Is Mr. Gabriel a name we have heard already? No. I think as you ask around a little bit, you would find out, and it's probably... Uh, mediated through Tolman, the kids, particularly Maeve, knew Mr. Gabriel. He seemed to be a therapist in the children's wing, which is where Maeve was. Much loved, gentle, sweet guy. And uh, Tolman would strongly urge that, you know, not discuss around the children who this was, uh, what, what, what became of Mr. Gabriel. I love his song. Salisbury Hill. <laughs> um, so, Dora can obviously detect name was Peter, right? thoughts. Um, but not at will. Not at will, but uh, we may be resting for a few days. At least a day, which is a day's worth of spells that she has. Uh, and as we discussed last time, yeah. I can use those spell slots too. Detect thoughts. Pump them all into detect thoughts. Uh, and I think the result of your knowledge check would be if you wanted to do uh, things straight out of the thing where you like you cut pieces off everybody, everybody takes one point of damage, and you watch what happens to the flesh. Uh, that could also be definitive, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do that point of damage. So maybe not to the kids. 
your yeah. decision. And you know, with people like Erwin, that's that could be touchy. and with Loic who cannot understand. Right. That's very disturbing. Well, maybe you, those you are the ones that the the detect thoughts yeah. are used on. You yeah. have already touched into Loic's mind. Yeah, I couldn't remember if I'd actually touched into his mind or. Yeah, you did detect did? thoughts. Yeah. yeah, it was like the first day of second level, wasn't it? I couldn't remember if I used like hypnotism or something. You were going that, to like, do that. Yeah. You tried to detect his thoughts, I believe, yeah, and then you yeah. learned, like oh yeah, he's sister. seen his sister, yeah. and he wants the sound of rain. So based on that, he's not a doppelganger. Okay. You have t- you you know that for sure. And Dora will assure the others that at least at that point he was not. But perhaps anybody who would volunteer for a physical test. Should. Uh, if, if we've been talking about this stuff yeah. and like talking about it and stuff. And I'm assuming this is you all and Vauston at the yeah. moment, unless yeah. you want to right. specifically. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Then, then it, as we're talking about this, then uh, Gull will literally take his take his dagger out yeah. and uh, slice like a chunk off of his hand. All right. Like, That's one like, point of damage to himself. Yeah. The flesh does not change as it I dies. I don't think on the floor. I need to demonstrate. <laughs> as just, I've just been. It's just been witnessed as you were dropped. Yeah, and then and then he times. looks at he looks at Boston. Like, Boston Boston does it right away without hesitation and uh, indeed his flesh does not change. I'm worried about Den. I'm worried about me. How are we going to cut it off me? I'm going to freak the fuck right out. We can poke it with your short sword. <laughs> How are you going to poke a poke, chunk off me? How do you do chunk that? Off. That sounds even more painful. Just you gotta remove some flesh. I think it's not about drawing blood. I think it's about taking off flesh it's, and watching it it's die. It's the sight, right? Dora, it's the sight. Yeah. So could we could we blindfold him and give him a resistance and load him up? Oh yeah. If he's blindfolded, is yeah. It? Or maybe this is a, a hypnotism opportunity. Yeah. Possibly. That might be fun. Sure. I've also seen you personally take a shit ton of damage I mean, I'm over not the worried. last couple of days. I'm certainly not worried about the one hit point. Other people. Yeah, oh, but right, part right. of this is for the group. Right? And just, I think, to show that we're willing yeah. to do whatever we're, you know, asking them to yes. agree to. Yeah. Great. So we can take a little moment there to sit down in the, in the corner there with the fox and with Grip, and you can willingly submit to the hypnotism if you wish, so. Um, yeah, it's one of the only things that left I can do today. Right. Let's, so, do it. let's do it. So we go into seance mode again, the crystal is glowing with her words. We slip into that quiet place where she suggests to Grip that uh, this is all gonna be just fine. We can load him up with resistance, we won't bother checking here. We can get a piece of flesh off of Grip, and we determine that Grip, surprise, is not a doppelganger. <laughs> I will also um, cut off a piece of flesh. Yes. And while he does that, Ray is remembering the nightmare of the mm-hmm. the, the thing joy of joy. Making. The joy making. The joy making. Just, where, where does it, it come off? Like, because you have so much scar tissue, yeah, except for your rotting flesh. Like, where right. would you? Because I also have the name carved into my body all yeah. over the place too. Yeah. Right. So I'll just cut off a part of uh, flesh on the thigh. He's not a doppelganger. As so, I think these four: Danae, Denman, Jared, uh, and Valston. We've already said Valston. So Danae, Denman, and Jared. Those three are are still in the room watching this, and they immediately get the significance of what's going on. They all look to Valston, who gives them a little nod, and they come over and go through this practice as well. They willingly take the one point of damage, allow a piece of flesh to be removed. None of them are doppelgangers. Erwin, Nasa, and Mira 
also immediately come in. Well, Nasa and Mira would. They are not doppelgangers. Erwin, I think she's probably the last to go, but she will do it. I mean, she, she knows the stakes here, and she has already been healed magically by Ray in a moment where that kind of healing had been denied to her for days of recovery. Mm -hmm. uh, I think she, she probably you know, puts her trust in you, Ray, mm -hmm. and uh, lets you do it. Okay. I kill her. <laughs> you guys, if I can use prognostication today, I will have used literally everything that I can do today. Every skill unlock? Yes. Well, we did, have to do it. I mean, what does prognostication do again? Remind I think us. that's the finger bones that's tossing oh, right. osteomancy to tell somebody's future. Right, right, right. Mm. Read that thing. Tell us what it does. So wait, before you do that, yeah, who has not been... So you can check Tolman. Tolman. So let's say at the end of this exercise, all that remains are the three children. And we were thinking, I was, what I was hearing was Katie saying maybe you should use detect thoughts on them tomorrow. But whatever you want, however you want to handle it. I, I, think, I think that we would definitely say those children are not left without two adults with them at all. Like at all times. Tolman is with them, and then there is a guard. Mm -hmm. I will stay. And the, and the guard can be... Ray, the guard so can Ray be and Tolman. Great. Great? I mean, the prognostication would give me, at the lowest, an alignment. Do you read people? Is that what you do? What yeah. does it do? Once per day, Dora can predict a creature's fortune for the near future. It's ten minutes. Uh, you make a secret sense motive check. The result of the check can give her basic insight into the subject's nature including its alignment, class, levels, or hit dice, and might reveal clues to the creature's immediate future. So it's like an augury. Oh, but on a specific person. That's fun. So, so you're, you're, it's like an augury, but like, I mean, tell me about what's going to happen to this one person, roll the bones. and Yeah. That's fun. So, I mean, that might be fun for one of the children. Yeah. <laughs> an alternative. Well, you know, Bates has been looking for a toy. This yeah. would be something oh. he could do with his hands. Yeah. So you wanna you wanna call him in? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, Miss Dora. I, I hear you wanted to you wanted to show something to me. I thought we might play a little game. Oh well, I, I well, see, Maeve hasn't been letting me play with everything that I want to play with. I'm very excited to play with. I've got something that can distract Maeve too. Oh. She looks to Gulliver and yeah points to her head like the, the tiara we found. Gull, Gull reaches into his sack and pulls out, just like makes a beeline into the other room to <laughs> give space. Great. Maeve grabs it out of your hands. Very excited. Um, I'm going to read his fortune. To the fox. Yes, of yes. course. Um, so she pulls out her bag of polished halfling finger bones. Yeah, this is a new ritual. How um, does this, this is, work? This is ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think um, she'll get a little ghost sound of soft music going. Yeah. To just sort of start like a hum and, and invite him to join in. So they're making like a little harmony together. Oh, nice. Yeah, he joins um, in eagerly. And I'm, I'm guessing that the both of them go into a state so that those 10 minutes don't feel like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of it, I don't know what what happens. What happens with osteomancy? Do you literally like toss bones, Roll or does bones. he do it? Can he do it? You're 
doing it about somebody so else. So you can, can have, I have maybe, him maybe he like, holds the bones and then gives them to you and you throw them or something, or like like the ten yeah, minutes like are used to like attune him, to, him. To, to to think about the bones and, and yeah. what they look like and who maybe they belong to. They're not scary looking, right? Because they're like polished. They look like you they're, know. Yeah, if, the way you're presenting ivory, them, they like, wouldn't be horrifying. So no. she's inviting him to think about whether that person had a family and what were they like or were they alone or did they sing or did they you know she's inviting him to sort of tell the story about the bones which is all a distraction so that she can sort of understand how he tells stories and the story that he's creating for these bones is maybe the story of how he thinks of himself or what he wants for himself or his dreams or something you know yeah so that's where that energy is like infusing those bones awesome. and then at the end of it she takes them and tosses them. tosses them on the ground. What's your sense motive bonus? Well it's plus six but I get a plus two for having these really nice bones. Oh great. So plus eight? Yes. And this is one I'm going to roll secretly yep. because the I don't results know can HD. yield things. Eight? Sorry. Yes. Okay. Alright so as you stare down onto the floor to the spread of these finger bones they seem to take the shape yeah they're they're clearly it's almost like they've fallen into a profile view of Bates's face and also like a outline of Bates standing and also a suggestion of what Bates looks like when he's sitting cross-legged and what Bates looked like the moment he was born and it's as you're it's almost like you're seeing multiple dimensions of these how these bones fell could have fallen might possibly fall and you see Bates in all of them you learn God, I hope he's not a doppelganger <laughs> you learn that he's neutral good which will answer the question for you definitively. Mm -hmm. This is one of those things where, at least in at least in this the fiction of this particular story, doppelgangers are inherently evil. Like yeah. it's just not possible for them to have another alignment. And uh, you learn his class. Well, he's a commoner, <laughs> so and big <laughs> <Big> class. <laughs> and then uh, not quite enough to learn his level or hit dice. But I think you've learned the information yes. that you needed to know. While, while all that's going on, yeah. um, Grip is trying to see where Erwin is. Yeah. And if, if she is regarding him at all, if she is avoiding looking at him, and if, if he thinks that it is feasible, he would like to approach her. Yeah, I, I think before any of this happened, I was imagining Erwin probably avoiding your gaze, but... I mean, she just stepped up. Everyone's hopped up on adrenaline. Everybody just came together to take down a bad guy. And he did it. she just watched you do it. Yeah. So I think, you know, maybe as it began, there was some kind of awkward, like, not, not making eye contact with you. But by the time she's sitting with Ray and submitting to this test of having, uh, you know, a piece of her hand cut off and watching it die on the floor, by the end of that, she does look up and, and looks at you. So I... I approach her, and I don't... I, I stay, you know, a good five, ten feet away. How yeah. much taller than her am I? I picture her as, like, 4'11 or something. So I'm awkwardly... I, I get down on, on one knee, and I just say, Miss Erwin, I, I first wanted to say I thought 
I was very brave, the way you subjected to that test. But more importantly, I'm not... I don't know what interactions we have had in the past. I'm not going to say I have not done anything you say I have done. But I truly believe I am not that person anymore. And I, I am here to protect you and everyone in your group, and I will lay down my life for you. And I hope you can come to believe that. And, well, that's all I wanted to say. You're not him. You are really not him. I see it now. I didn't see it before. Because I was scared. Well, I... It has been said I'm scary. Cannot say you won't see me do another scary thing. But it will never be towards you. Or anyone in this room. I believe you. I believe you, I do. Thank you. So... We're gonna rest here tonight? Mm-hmm. Gulliver yeah. would definitely want to, before we would actually get into, like, resting times. Yep. Dora's um, gonna clean the box. He would want to uh, grab Vostin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and go, hey, uh, so, uh, I saw you make, like, that, that shot. And, uh, you know, could you, could you maybe help me? I'm, uh, I'm trying to work on getting better at stuff like that, and then I, I... I'm not, I'm not good enough with the, my alchemical torch. You want to learn to shoot the way I do, do you? At, at best I could. I think that could be arranged. We'd have to take some time to do it. And I don't know how that thing functions. So you might have to practice with a crossbow at first. I'll, I'll practice with whatever you think would be helpful. I'm so glad he's not a doppelganger. I thought, I thought they were all going to be really doppelgangers. Awful. I thought you were <laughs> hugging a doppelganger. Yeah. I thought I just argued with a doppelganger. I was sure Denman was a doppelganger yeah. after that weird yeah, ass I conversation. Bet you were. And what do you want to offer him? What do you? What can I do? How? How can I? How can I make it up to you? I mean, you know what? It, what the stake here? You know, the more of us that are better at helping each other and doing stuff, then you know, the better we all are. But you know, if, if there's the cost, I'll pay it. I lost my father's sword in the first earthquake. It was very dear to me, and now I have nothing. You keep your eyes peeled for a blade, and I gladly take it off your hands. It's not yours. No, it can't possibly be read to me. No, that was definitely in a box, in a safe, in a cubbyhole behind a locked door in another wing. Right, right. How about, and he pulls out his, his, uh, his rapier, the one that had like the, the black rose on it yes. and stuff. He goes, how about you hold this one for me till I find you a better one? Well, that's much better than what I have right now. He says, brandishing a table leg with a nail sticking Oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because right now I'm also using this magical dagger, yeah. so. Yes, he gladly, gladly takes it. Why don't you tell us uh, what, uh, what this is? So uh, this next level, as uh, an investigator, I get an investigator talent. And one of the talents that's available to me as a steelhound 
is the Feet Rapid Reload. Now, I have the Feet Rapid Reload because if you don't have Rapid Reload for a pistol, for a firearm, it's a standard, standard action. action to reload. If you have Rapid Reload, it drops it down to a move action. Yeah. However, that meant that I couldn't take point-blank shot. So my I talked to our DM about this and asked if I might be able to somehow retrain the, my first level feat of rapid reload and instead get point blank shot. So I would take this, uh, this talent of rapid reload at third level and over the course of it, like eventually learn uh, point blank shot. And so we talked about this. Yeah, and so over the next five days, as long as he spends eight hours a day in training with Faustin, he's gonna come out on the other side with that first level rapid reload feat retrained into point blank shot. Very cool. Which will be very, very helpful in actually using my firearm in a useful fashion. Yes. If I can ever roll something higher than a four. four. Yeah. (laughs) And then we rest up Mm -hmm. for the first time in 37,000 years. Oh my God. And with that, I want to ask everybody to bring a third level character sheet next time. Mm. We're going to pick up third level characters. And we'll call that the end of chapter 19. See you next week. Dark Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E dot com. Opening and closing themes along with additional music composed by Rob Kozlarik. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. (laughs) Yay! I've been waiting for this my whole life. Level. Level. Double level.